1: I'm excited today to have Nate Brown join me. Nate is the Chief Experience Officer at Officium Labs and co-founder of CX Accelerator. Welcome to the podcast, Nate.
0: Thank you, Nick. I'm thrilled to be here this morning. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what does your role consist of as the Chief Experience Officer?
0: Yeah, great question. Uh, Chief Experience Officer is kind of a new title in the last few years, right? And uh, absolutely love serving inside of Officium Labs with a with Jerry and Mike and Keith and Kristen and, and the crew there, it's just a great team of folks. And, and my niche, so I, I really get to serve in, in two core capacities. I'm, I'm embedded inside of a couple of the best game studios in the world working on mm-hmm. their player experience. So I, I am mm-hmm. that practitioner and also working with uh, with several other types of customers even beyond the game studios on on customer and patient experience, which is very exciting. But then the other half of my role is that of ambassador, speaker, writer, thought leader on the topic of CX. So getting the brand of officium out to the world and just being that evangelist for the importance of customer experience.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. So two things that I heard from that. Um, if anybody has a great experience here moving forward with video games, it's all because of Nate Brown. It is. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> the, the only other thing that I, um, I hear and, and believe is true is is the thought leader that you are out there. Um, anybody who doesn't know Nate Brown, um, and, and I mentioned it earlier at the beginning, is um, he's the, the co-founder of CX Accelerator, which is an awesome resource. It consists of about 1,700 professionals um, around customer experience, customer service. Um, the one thing that, uh, and, I, and I get a, a ton of value asking questions. I see people posting all sorts of stuff about it. Um, you know, what made you want to start CX Accelerator?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing. Uh, you know, I kind of call it my, my thriller album because uh, it was a lot of creative tension uh, that I was not able to expel in my current position inside of a, a major enterprise organization at the time. And, mm-hmm. and that frustration led me to, it's like, I've got to have an outlet for, for this creative energy and, and to be able to do some of the things that I want to do around customer experience and so began the passion project of, of CX Accelerator and i had had a blog customer centric support, but yeah. even at the origin of that blog many years ago, you know, I wanted to, to have a, a robust dialogue around the things that we together were learning, but a blog doesn't accomplish that.
1: Hmm.
0: So in, in getting to see the, the resurgence of, of these communities, uh, especially via Slack and, and other great virtual community tools like that 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 have been born recently. It's like, wow, here's an opportunity to do way more than a blog and to actually accomplish the original vision, which is to build up and edify and really encourage and admonish these people that are doing this important work of CX inside of a really valuable and fun channel. So, I mean, that is CX Accelerator.
1: That is so cool. and 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 that's what it is today. What what did you expect it to be? You know, with seventeen hundred professionals, I think it's kind of blowing up and continues to grow. Um, was was that the goal? Is to have that many people, and, and uh, <laughs> or is it to have a uh, ten people uh, that are sharing resources back and forth?
0: Mm, yeah, a great question, Nick. And yeah, certainly not intended to be a, a large community. In fact, in some ways, that's a detractor <laughs> today. <laughs> is its size? Mm it's always just meant to to have a great deal of value to the people that are there. But of those significant number of people, we, we've got somewhere between 250 and 300 active users per week, which that actually has been the goal from the beginning is to have kind of that core group of, of three or 400. That's enough people to where whatever problem you've got, there's going to be a handful of folks that can contribute to that with a great and unique perspective whatever resource you want to get out there and be able to share, that's enough people to be able to help you uh, make that resource better and to share that with their networks. So I I feel like it's, it's a great size right now, Uh, but we're still certainly looking to, to grow that active user base of of those that are really looking to add value and to be there um, to, to both give and receive. Um, So it's been exciting to watch that grow.
1: Yeah, I, I would a hundred percent agree. What, so you have this, these 1700 professionals, you know, one thing that um, I think a lot of organizations struggle with is, is the community version of that. Like how do you continue to build the relationships, build trust, instead of saying, Hey, I need to f- find a way to, to build a charter. Hey, I need to find a way to, to do a journey map instead of, um, you know, posting this is great. It's hard to sometimes find an, and if you were going to go to Google uh, mm-hmm. usually it's, it's a, uh, uh, Salesforce pokes their head up and says, "Hey, we can do journey mapping." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but you know, so so what's next? How do you how do you continue to develop and and grow and um, nurture the CX accelerator?
0: Well, I mean, let me first just say how incredible it's been having you in that community, Nick, and and you've been so helpful to so many people with your wisdom. You're just so generous with the things that you're learning in there. So thank you for that. And I'm thrilled for an idea that the two of us came up with, I guess it was about a month ago, where you had had a great experience in a leadership cohort and we were just brainstorming on on this concept And, and we came up with this idea of a customer experience learning cohort where we take Six or seven people. We organize them together around common learning objectives, with which Kay Chapman has kept us very much aligned. And in, in that, uh, we got to make sure we we rally these these folks around common learning objectives. And we're developing this great curriculum for these individuals. And we've got some great facilitators, Nick Geisler, or I'm sorry, Nick Ze- uh, Zeisler. Uh, we've got you um, and, and a couple other folks that are, are just going to be awesome facilitators to guide people through this learning experience. It, it's going to accelerate people's customer experience careers to a, a massive degree. And I think it's just going to be such a cool value-added experience. Not only are they getting the benefit of the facilitator and, and the curriculum, but that of each other, which is really that cohort concept of let's learn in community. Let's develop this um, supportive group that we know that we trust that we appreciate and that we can use as a resource down the road. So we're, we're looking to to kick that off uh, at the end of June and we've got some great stuff behind the scenes that we're building on that.
1: Yeah. It it, kind of opens a, gives you a peek into Pandora's box. Uh, So (laughs) keep open, uh, uh, look into that, Um, you know, for more information on CX accelerator, go to cxaccelerator.com, you know, connect with both Nate and myself and, uh, Feel free to um, reach out to us and say, "Hey, how do I get connected to the Slack channel?" We can send that out too, and I'll I'll make sure when I post this up to have the CX Accelerator link to that. But you know, I I, I appreciate you and, and kind of what you're doing and built the community. Um, and you know, without that, um, your kind of uh, vision uh, and and uh, leadership around that um, CX Accelerator wouldn't be what it is today.
0: Well, I appreciate that, but I, I certainly could not do it without, without you and, and the co-facilitators in, the, in there, Ginny and Jeremy, Erica, Becky, uh, Kay. It, it's just been awesome getting to do that with some really talented and, and friendly
1: folks. Yeah, awesome. They're, they're all rock stars. Uh, so speaking of a rock star, uh, you know, one thing that people might not know about Nate is uh, he tends to show up in style. Uh, he doesn't just show up in style. He's got, um, awesome hats. Uh, but his, the thing that steals your attention is his suits. Uh, he's, he, he has a way to, to, to make sure that you, you pay attention, uh, if, if you want to or not, as he walks by, um, how did explain a little bit about your suits and how that all began?
0: I've always just enjoyed ridiculous clothing. <laughs> Uh, definitely in high school my high school friends can attest i was a mess and there's just no <laughs> rhyme or reason to it at all and, and i've carried that through in, into my early career to the to the absolute disdain of several bosses that i've had and i've had to temper that down considerably but then as i got on to starting to speak through icmi it was icmi that kind of gave me my first big break on the on the world stage at, at icmi expo and I just loved it. I mean, I just, I love being up there. I love sharing the, the things that I'm learning about and, and kicking off that dialogue and tapping into the energy of the room. And I, I really want those that are coming in to a conference experience to have just a, an exciting and extremely memorable time. I mean, Nick, we're talking about experiences here. You've mm-hmm. got yeah. to create an experience as part of that educational cycle it's like, how can I help create a little bit of an experience around this? So I started doing some themed sessions. So me and Neil Toff uh, did a Mario and Luigi gamification session where we dressed <laughs> up in costume. And it was so much fun. It, people loved it. And then yeah, I, I had a whole Top Gun session where I did a flight suit. I was like, you know, I, I'm really liking this, but it's not sustainable or reasonable for me to show up in costume for all of these. Yeah. How can I do something fun and, and memorable and create a bit of that experience but to to have it be sustainable and generic enough to where I can apply it to whatever topic. And, uh, and at the, around the same time, I started to collect a couple of these novelty suits and, uh, and the, the match was made. It was like, I'm going to start wearing these to some of my conference presentations. And then uh, the, the beast got out of control. And now, now it's kind of unfortunate. I feel like I can't present without one. <laughs> I <laughs> I never intended for this to be a crunch where I, where I have to show up in a novelty suit to be able to present somewhere. But to some degree that
1: has happened. <laughs> that, that is awesome. People people will now be disappointed if you don't. Exactly. It could still be an amazing talk. However, <laughs> Nate, the one thing in the survey, Nate did not wear one of his amazing suits. Did not bring the
0: energy today. But
1: <laughs> especially
0: the first co- uh, like year or so I was doing, I, I'd wear this Green Bay Packers suit uh, a yeah. couple times. And I would get murdered in the surveys by bears fans and other people like
1: for real. So I was like, wow,
0: I've got to, I got to find something that's not so divisional about this. Right,
1: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, I I, I had to ask about the suits. I I didn't know the backstory. So uh, the the main topic today that I wanted to focus on and, and had Nate, um, um, you know, was, was fired up about um, was a voice of the employee and employee engagement strategy. And, and I think both are very important and maybe not enough are, are paying attention to, to those uh, topics. So how do you go about implementing a voice of the employee program?
0: Hmm. Well, a little bit of backstory here. And, and when, when you had inquired, Nick, about what could be a good topic, and the reason that this one was close to my heart is because I've been doing this a lot Uh, especially recently inside of these couple of game studios and really unlocking and earning the right to do customer experience by first really focusing on the employee experience. And I learned this the hard way. Uh, It was actually at my, my former job, major enterprise company and Mm -hmm. was, was beginning to do a customer experience program organically. I'd volunteered to create this cross-functional program and it, it was gaining steam, gaining momentum and uh, thought up the little button idea around voice of customer, little USB web key button, and got people really excited and energized around logging customer feedback by being able to hit their little flashing USB button. Hmm. So, we're doing these rallies around this. We're getting these parties set up, and people are using their buttons, and, and customer feedback is coming in, in in a new and exciting way. Then, I had one employee who's actually in our sales department, and she goes, well, this is really cool, but where's my button? Hmm. And the implication was very clear of, hey, you've done all this great stuff for our customers. Yeah. We have no employee channel here for our voice.
1: How's that for a gut check?
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. It just like I was literally speechless for a period of time as I just was overcome by the realization of my oversight. And, and ever since then, I've, I've been thinking through, because not only in that instance, but like everything that we're doing is we invest time and energy into our customers. If we're not replicating that same intentionality with our people in some way, it's not going to be identical. It's not going to be exactly mirrored. But if we have to show our people, we value you first. You are number one to us. And yes, we love our customers. Gosh darn, we love them so much and we're going to do all these things for them. But we're not going to give them a gift that we're not going to give to you. Because if if you do that and you continue to create this culture of we love our customers and we're going to continue to focus on them, 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 people are going to start to feel a little bit just de-energized. They're going to feel as though they're not valued. Right. And, and that's a really sad thing to have happen. And, and I was perpetuating that type of environment, uh, which was already present and I was making worse. So it was like a huge course correct. Okay. It's time now to focus on the employee experience as the cornerstone, as the beginning of, of this foundation for the customer experience. And, and I've tried to apply that philosophy ever since. So as I moved into the role in officium and I started to act as that practi- practitioner in, into the game studios and other things, That is where I focus first. It's what are we doing for our employees? Here's the best practices for a customer experience strategy, (laughs) leadership, uh, voice of customer experience engineering, but then how can we apply these same concepts first and lay the foundation for our people? So that's where you have the whole voice of employee strategy coming in. And the the reason you'd want to do that is because until we can understand the thoughts and perceptions of our employees... (laughs) then, then we, we shouldn't be completely focused on trying to understand the thoughts and perceptions of our customers, which, of course, is the definition of CX. Right. So We have this whole voice of customer program that's, that's responsible for getting us insights into the thoughts and minds of our customers. We have to first do that for our employees. So how do we do that, Nick? And, and you know I love, there's a tool that I love, and I know you've heard me talk about Office Vibe which is a Pulse survey system. Have you ever used a Pulse survey system before? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, in your professional context, you've, you've had an opportunity to do that. That's awesome.
1: Uh, in, in an association.
0: Very cool. Okay. Yep. So it, it's, it, in this case, and, and this isn't the end-all be-all of employee, employee voice, but it's a great way to do it, and it deviates from the legacy way of thinking of, let's survey our customers once a year, or rather our employees, either annually or biannually, which does not get you any type of real-time insight. I mean, you're, you're trying to, just like a voice of customer strategy, you're trying to associate actions, things that you're doing, decisions you've made, and be able to correlate those to the perceptions that have been generated around those actions. If you're surveying people once a year, you don't have any correlation between the things you did and the things that are going on today. <laughs> so right. We're we've got to apply the things we know about survey best practices to our people. And so with a, with a, with a, pulse survey type of system, you're, you're giving your employees a quick survey, like on their mobile device once a week or every other week. And it's just a collection of questions, a bank of questions that, that help you to understand the level of engagement and the perceptions in the 10 key areas of employee, employee health you can then take those insights. And of course, you can then start to intelligently make changes. But until you get that voice of employee system set up, you're just going to be guessing. You're just going to be throwing chafe in the wind. And and who knows if you're actually going to help or maybe even hurt the employee experience with with an unintelligent, uninformed effort.
1: No, I I think that's such a good point. So thanks for breaking that down. You know, when it comes to uh, I, I use the old analogy as a married guy is, is if mommy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Sure. And I and I believe the same is true with your employees, right? Yeah. So if you're not providing them and listening to them and paying attention, um, then the customers are not going to be happy. Uh, and you're not going to find the right way to, to run those things parallel and create a better experience for both sides. So, um, you know, one thing that um, some of the listeners might um, – might be a little bit confused on, but what's the difference between a voice of an employee and an employee engagement strategy?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, think about it as we think about a customer experience strategy, customer experience management being the set of best practices that we use to enhance the customer experience, of which one of the foundations is our voice of customer program. How do we know what to change, Nick, until we actually get real insights, good insights, from our customers, or in this case, from our employees, until we feel very confident that we understand our people, we have no business trying to jump in and create an employee engagement strategy. Mm. The strategy is informed by the insights that we collect through our employee voice channel. So, I mean, that, that is the first thing you do when you come in. When, when I come in as a CX professional, my, yeah. my number one action, other than just listening, is to set up a voice of customer and voice of employee channel (laughs) to be able to start to get these insights in because I can't begin to develop the strategy until I get those thoughts and perceptions in because people love to make assumptions about what they need to come in and do. And it's so easy to shortcut and be like, oh, I've I've looked at your website and I've seen your brand promise and I've listened to three of your leaders. Here's your entire (laughs) strategy. (laughs) No. I think we, we've got to get smarter about that and look more holistically about the way people are thinking and feeling before we can, we can develop it. So first, you've got the, the engine in which you're listening, and then you've got your employee engagement strategy developed from that. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think it is it, definitely dangerous when you uh, create assumptions and then run with those assumptions. And, and then it's just best effort. It's not truly a, a listening and engagement and strategy uh, to move forward to, to create a better experience. So um, when you run and you have a voice of an employee in an, in an engagement strategy, does it make sense to run those parallel or is it one stack on top of another?
0: Yeah, I, I think you, to some degree, you've got to run it parallel. I mean, they're, they're both going to continue on perpetually <laughs> in, into infinity. So, I mean, that, that's part of it. But I mean, if, if literally neither one of them exists, it, it would be very hard to create the entire employee voice foundation before even starting to do your customer facing strategy. So, I mean, I think you can begin to set those two things up in parallel. And a great example is the voice of customer part. I mean, you can start to think about, you can start to do your listening maps. I love doing these. So we take a persona on the customer side and then we think through, how are we listening to this persona? And there's going to be ways right away that you can start to listen better to that customer. At the same time, you can be applying that same mentality to the employees. Here, here's our employee. How can we best listen to this employee and understand their the thoughts and perceptions associated with their experience? So, I mean, mm-hmm. starting there, uh, you, you can set those up in parallel. But uh, again, it, it's hard to it's hard to do anything as far as like a true experience engineering on the customer side. It's hard to do any of that until you've created that employee experience. That can to some degree mirror it or at least substantiate and reinforce it. Otherwise, the inconsistency of that is going to be very frustrating for your customers because yep. they're going to be served by people that don't know how to extend that customer experience strategy or that culture to, th- to them. They won't have it to give. <laughs> so we, we've got to create that foundation first and then and then do it on the customer side.
1: Hmm. That's great info. What, what happens if you, if you didn't listen to your employees and, and you didn't have a strategy to engage with them? What, what's the risk?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the risk is, is just you're putting a tremendous amount of burden on your leadership team to, to understand everything. How, how do we innovate into the future? How do we make our customers really happy? How do we know what decisions to make that are going to generate loyalty, both presently and into the future. And, and those, those are questions, those are decisions that cannot be made in a vacuum because they're going to be made incorrectly. They, they will be incorrect. So until you allow your employees to participate in that process of, of gaining the intelligence from your customers and also participating in that process, of being a part of that innovation and thinking about the things in the experience of that customer that only they really know that only they have true, true oversight of they're, they're going to understand how to engineer that experience better. Whereas your, your senior leaders, they're not going to have that visibility. They won't have that capability. You've got to create that culture in where everybody gets to participate in the betterment of the customer experience.
1: That's great. I I appreciate your time on the, on that main topic. Um, Two questions that I leave everybody with um, is what person or book has influenced you the most in the past year?
0: Hmm. There's been a couple. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Fusion by Denise Yon. She's just been brilliant to me, especially as I've been more in a marketing capacity this year through Officium. Mm-hmm. Seeing the, the power of integrating brand, like a brand promise together with culture and yep. then reinforced and made real by customer experience. I, I just think her book Fusion is, is incredible. So that, that would probably be the top of my list. But honorable mention, Annette Franz, love heart of the customer. Um, yep. Jeff Toyster has been just a, a wonderful mentor for me. And I, I love his service culture handbook and, and some of the other things that he's written. Um, so I, I've been very blessed to have some great mentors over this past year.
1: That's awesome. Uh, it, it's hard to have a, a number one uh, pick when, when you have two leaders like that. So uh, the the last one that I think, uh, the, the last question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service or customer experience professionals out there, and, and, and it would reach everybody, what would it say?
0: It would just say... Well, gosh, Nick, <laughs> that's such a large question. It literally, it literally gets to all of them, huh? I mean, it would, it would be around the concept of let's, let's do this work together and let's, let's, keep, let's keep fighting to do it really well. Because, I mean, it's so important right now that we help to reduce the stress and friction in people's lives. I mean, me personally, I don't know how you've been in these past few months, but I've just been struggling mentally, you know, it's just been a hard period of time. And I mean, even just some of the basic things that we took for granted, but prior to this, this entire worldwide pandemic, uh, they're not something that is readily available anymore. Our our lifestyles have changed and any type of change like that that's difficult to understand results in frustration and friction and, and confusion and anxiety and these other things. But the work of customer experience to me is, is reducing that friction, reducing that stress, and making people's lives better and easier through that process of, of experience design that is very streamlined and very intelligent. So I, mean, I, I would just say be encouraged, know how important the work that you're doing is, and keep doing it.
1: So, so you, were con- you were a little bit struck at the beginning, but then you went off and killed it. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> please, please edit
0: out my two, two seconds of silence there. <laughs> not,
1: not a chance. No. So, as, you know, where, where can people find you on, on social media? How do people get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, uh, hop on over to, to cxaccelerator.com. I got, got my info on there at customer is first on Twitter. And would love for you, too, to check out officiumlabs.io if you want to work
1: together on, on some projects or things. That's awesome. I appreciate your time, Nate, and have a great day. Thank you, Nick. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press one forward slash podcasts.